Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Mercatani with Weighing In. Today I am joined by special guest host, the head coach of the Oklahoma Regional Training Center and 2004 Olympian, three-time national champion, and good friend of the show, Eric Guerrero. Eric, thanks for making some time for us today. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. You got it. So a lot to dig into. Uh, perfect time to have you on. We've got a lot of international and national stuff. Uh, want to spend today talking to you about the Pan Am roster and then getting into the U.S. Open weights. I don't know how long, you know, how, how many weights we'll get into. Um, but let's mm-hmm. start with the Pan Am roster. For the people that don't know, here is the team. 57 kilograms is Josh Rodriguez. 61 kilograms is Joe Cologne. 65 is Colton McChrystal. 70 is Anthony Ashnall, 74, Jordan Burroughs, 79, Chandler Rogers, 86, David Taylor, 92, Jaden Cox, 97, Kyle Snyder, 125, Nick Gwizdowski, head coach Bill Zadick, uh, and another coach, Gary McCoy, and then the national manager is Jill Russell. So to me, what jumps out is two things. We have six world team members in Cologne, Burroughs, and then the last four weights, Taylor, Cox, Snyder, Gwiz. And then we've got four guys that I think, frankly, a lot of people would be shocked to see on a Pan Am roster. Josh Rodriguez, Colton McChrystal, Anthony Ashnall, Chandler Rogers. When you look at this roster, you're a guy that's wrestled on a lot of these, you know, kind of teams back in your day. What kind of thoughts come out? Oh, I think that's a good team. That team's going to be successful, you know. I mean, uh, it depends probably on what some of the other countries send, but, but that team will be successful. That's a good team, um, you know, and we always got to remember if we don't, it's no different than college. You know, they talk about, you know, recruitment, development, retainment, and it's the same way. You know, you get guys out, get them exposure. Um, they need to be developed, and then they got to stay in the system more than one cycle. So, you know, when I look at it from that standpoint, um, uh, I think, as USA Wrestling, we've done a good job of of, uh, uh, of checking off all those boxes, you know. And I, and I can't opine to each decision, but you know, I can just give you like a scenario like ours, where Dom Demas was actually the runner-up at that weight class. I think he beat McChrystal. Um, it just doesn't fit into his schedule right now. He's going to the U.S. Open, and just for perfect candidness, I mean, we, we just can't. We, 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 we can't not have him in the room right now. He's, he's too versatile and, and uh, you know, was going with Molinero and Heil and Kalika, and, you know, and, and just he serves our room uh, in so many ways that, uh, you know, letting him go the week before the U.S. Open is just, just not an option, unfortunately. Yeah, it makes sense. Obviously, he's a hammer. you got a lot of hammers in those middleweights. You know, tell me about, you know, Obviously, Chandler Rogers is a guy that you're really close to. And, you know, how about like a, a Josh Rodriguez and a McChrystal and a Chandler Rogers specifically? You know, what kind of things can they gain from being around, you know, guys that are world and Olympic champions and things like that? You know, like what training with them? I've seen pictures of all those guys together on Twitter and Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. we're both sides of it, the young buck coming in and then, you know, the top guy in the ladder. When you're the young buck coming in, you know, what, what is that experience like? I, I, you know, for everybody, it's going to be a little bit different depending on your circumstances. I think generally the question you asked is, is the million dollar question is, is, you know, what do you gain out of that? And one thing we know is, is, 
you know, the more you're around elite athletes, the more likely you will act, behave, and perform in an elite fashion. Um, Russia does it. You know, as soon as those young men turn 16, they go and they 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 are moved into the open senior level practices. They don't allow them to malinger in their development um, and 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 continue to just be around other 16, 17 year olds. Um, you know, that's called school. You know, that's called like, that's what we do in our educational process. Um, you know, school is not trying to develop you into a genius by the ninth grade. Um, it's not trying to develop into a doctor. A physician by 18. However, we are trying to create world champions um, by then. So expediting that development is really important. And in that same regard, when you when you take a veteran uh, group like that, which those guys are, they're not just veterans; they're accomplished veterans. And and, and you give those guys a chance. Um, you know, probably what I'd hope they'd see is is the way elite operates. And I mean, there's just no question. JB, uh, and, you know, and the rest of that crew are just. Uh, I mean, results speak for themselves. You, you can't, you don't, you don't learn something from those guys. Well, and it was a wasted trip, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a guy who's yeah. pre- pretty good, but clearly not on your level. To me, this would be just like a dream come true to be, to be a McChrystal or a Rogers, especially the way Rogers' season ended, not even getting to go to the show, and now getting to be a part of this. You know, that that's pretty awesome. You know, and obviously the Pan Ams are a for people that don't know, it's a point scoring. Uh, tournament for the rankings for the world championships so the six guys we have there i mean all 10 can obviously score points but those points only go to the guy that earned the points not to the weight class so right now you've got there are six guys that are sitting in final x uh cologne burroughs taylor cox snyder gwiz so right and i guess i i I thought i saw this i haven't really talked to you know you about it you know uh, Jaden accepted his invitation to Final X at 92, and Dake accepted his invitation at 79, and there was certainly discussion that Dake would go to 74 and that Jaden would either go to 86 or 97 to try to make the, the world team in 2019 to then try to medal at the world championships in 2019 and be able to sit till the finals of 2020. Um, as a guy that coaches super high-level guys and a guy that wrestled at super high level, what what were your reactions to to Dake and uh, Jaden staying at their their non-Olympic weight classes? You know, I want to be really careful because I don't I don't ever want to seem like I have inner inner working knowledge of, of, of what's going on in their camps. You know, we only know what goes on in our camp. Um, you know, and and you know, I will just say that it sounds like a great decision. Um, it's the decision I probably would have advised uh, uh, had we been uh, in that scenario and been fortunate enough to have a, uh, a, a world medalist. Um, good decision. You know, right now it's about competition, development, another world championship, I mean, is what I'm sure they're shooting for. Um, the odds of them doing that I think are pretty high, they're pretty high level. They seem like to be on the right track. And, and uh you know, I, I don't think there's any disadvantage. You know, there's only advantageous, you know, uh, outcomes. There's only advantageous, you know, uh, benefits uh, that come with going and winning another world championship. It's another experience. It's another, you know, developmental process. And uh, 2019, while important, 2020 is obviously more important. So you don't want to you know, shoot yourself in the foot and forego one year's worth of development. Um, 
you know, for, you know, what might seem like a short-term advantage. You know, um, I'm sure they're all thinking the same thing. Get to the World Championships, win, worry about 2020 when 2020 comes. That's what I'd be advising. That's what I'd be advising. Yeah. There's a huge – the one advantage that that I don't think people are dwelling on enough is this is – great for the United States because, you know, these are two guys that are world champions at those non-Olympic weight classes by them not going up or down, you know, obviously they'll have to wrestle somebody, you know, like at 79, like a guy like, uh, you know, like a Deeringer or somebody like that that you're obviously really familiar with, but it, it lines up America to have two of the returning world champions back at the same weights, which obviously is, you know, the goal is to try to beat Russia and everybody else. So it, it, it's certainly a benefit there, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you, you look at these other countries and you, and you watch what they're doing and you see everybody's going to do something a little bit different. Every circumstance is unique. Um, you know, just because I know him, I'll mention him. I mean, Mohamed Kurbanaliyev, I mean, he, he didn't dress in 74, you know, um, you know, and, and, and maybe he's just testing the water, but we all know he's not a 74 kilo wrestler. Right. So um, I'm sure for him, it's about matches and development and getting better and maybe getting better in shape where he's not having to cut weight and manage his weight right now. Because again, you know, we're in 2019 when the goal is 2020, you, 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 you make decisions on that, you know, um, it's probably Dave, as you know, one of, all men's weaknesses, I shouldn't say men, just people's weaknesses is it's tempting to go burden a hand. You know, it's tempting <laughs> yeah. to go to go, you know, no, I need to do this or I need to do that and, and think short term, but so you know, well, you know, weight classes matter, you know, in twenty twenty, you know, what matters is getting those matches in and getting that experience and, and moving in a direction where you feel like you're really gonna challenge for this spot and this gold medal in twenty twenty and and hard to do that when you're not on the not on the world team, you know. Um, hard to do that when when maybe you're you're really just, you know. Obviously, guy that cuts a lot of weight, Kurbanaliyev. So I mean, just I'm just using him as an example because people sure. seem to like him and and, and I know him. Um, you know, it's still about development. You know, I mean, my goodness, we get into situations, you know, where where you know maybe you're two weeks out, three weeks out from a major competition. And, and, and one thing I always remind, I keep reminding our guys of this right now going, it's not time to pull off the gas just yet. You know, I mean, if there's two weeks left, we've got to utilize this two weeks. You know, if there's two weeks left, um, you know, we have to, I was getting a call there. I don't know if that interrupted anything, no, but we're good. yeah. So we have to utilize that time. So if I'm thinking that way, we're thinking that way, I think, you know, I've been around some good pedigree of coaches are thinking that way. You know, we, we got to still think that way with, with, you know, really a year and a half left. Yeah. It, we have to think that way. Development, way. Develop, development, progress. It's not time to put all your eggs in one basket just quite yet. It's funny, right before you said that last sentence, I was going to jump in and say the word that I've heard from you over and over in this conversation is development. I think that's really important for coaches, you know, whether you're coaching little league kids up to the guys you're coaching that I think whether it's trying to win every match or trying to win every go in practice, that sometimes it's a, it's about the process. So, you know, and that sometimes 
you know, we had, I had Kendall Cross on, who's another former cowboy, and he said, you know, learning and improvement is not linear, that sometimes you have to go backwards to go forward. And that's really stuck with me as something that the guys I coach, I try to talk to them about that, that, you know, if you're going to try something new or work on a new technique or a finish or a situation, you're probably going to be worse for a little bit before you get, you know, you figure it out and get better at it. Oh, there's a lot, there's a lot of truth in that. I, I hadn't heard that, you know, obviously I know Kendall pretty well and, you know, he talks about a lot of things, but I hadn't heard that specifically, but, but there's truth in that, you know, it's, it's not linear, um, you know, and, uh, now it's just it's just year and a half's a long time. Yeah. You know, yeah. two weeks before competition's a long time. Um, so so you know, by you know that standard, you know, the Olympics is still a long ways away, and yeah. and, and you got to do what you got to do to to put yourself in the best possible scenario when that comes. And when I look at that, it means getting matches. If you can get back to the World Championships, man, get back to the World Championships there's nothing that replicates it yeah for sure for sure for sure all right let's dig into the u.s open um i'm gonna lay out list and i'm gonna lay out the names we don't have seeds yet i'm actually gonna eric before we get into the names why don't you talk to me a little bit about the seeding process i've been lucky enough to sit in on one of these meetings at the junior level but never at the senior level how does seeding at the u.s open and these kind of tournaments work um, well, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to probably not answer that directly because I don't think there is a direct answer. How does it work? Um, without, you know, going into the, all the, all the data and, and all the, all the, uh, information that, that we get, I'll say this, Cody Bickley does an amazing job of keeping it organized. Um, we've already received all the email information about our, 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 our conference call, um, to, to move in that direction. Um, you know, you can't, I'll just say this, Cody Bickley, it's not coincidental. We're starting to really come together as a nation and really be returned to that prominent powerhouse with the world championship in 2017 and 2018 and having so much success at all the age groups right now. Um, you know, Cody in that high performance position, um, does a lot, you know, and, and it's, and it's not always met with, uh, with, uh, cheers as, as no good deed is. So just, you know, we just need to recognize how much goes into that job. You know, and I don't want him ever to be overlooked because it's vital for us as coaches to have him helping us stay organized. Um, so, you know, uh, kudos to, to, to Cody on that regard, but you know, it's, it's like any other seating meeting. You know, you try to stick to the criteria. At the same time, I think one thing that, that possibly um, is unique to this scenario, as you know, in particular, is that, uh, you know, there's a lot of wrestling pedigree and, and, and knowledge and wisdom in the room, and, and we know there's not necessarily transitive property to wrestling. Um, we know there's not, you know, you can't really just look at wrestling on paper. So while we do our best to do that, you know, there is a lot of wisdom in the room and sometimes common sense has to be applied, you know, and common sense doesn't always look like common sense to the outside. Um, you know, in the end, I can just assure you, everybody wants to get it right. You know, um, at the same time, I'll play devil's advocate here going, while there's a little separation at Worlds, not seated out. 
right. you know, um, you know, inter- internationally, you know, you go to Eureka and you go to these things and, and, uh, it's not seated out. Um, the older I get, you know, um, the more I just start to go toughest guy's going to win. Maybe the best guy doesn't always win, but usually the toughest guy wins. Um, so while we try to get it right, there's, there's a little bit of part of me that thinks so. Maybe we put a little bit too much uh, emphasis on seeds. You know, maybe that's just, a, maybe that's just our democratic process, which, you know, um, obviously incredibly patriotic, uh, but we want everything to be fair all the time. And as you and I know, sometimes life's not fair. Sports aren't fair. Um, we just got to be ready to be the best when the time to be the best. And, uh, you know, we hope to get it right, but at the same time, if one seed's off and that ruins your tournament, well, maybe you weren't the toughest guy, right? Yeah. I think the one thing that everybody can understand is it's not like college where you have a ton of results with all within like a five-month block of time. So Correct. let's dig into the names. I'm going to read them faster in alphabetical order by first name. So and then I'll kind of highlight some guys. Austin Asset, Austin Miller, Britton Logmeyer, Dayton Fix, Eddie Clamara, Frank Pirelli, Gunnar Woodburn, Ian Timmons, Jared Patterson, Jesse Delgado, Jesus Rosado, Joey Palmer, Josh Portillo, uh, Kyle Waldo, Luke Welch, Nathan Tomasello, Nick Piccinini, Raymond Evans, Robert Garcia, Sebastian Rivera, Shane Kim, Thomas Gilman, Vito Rujau, Zane Richards. The names that kind of stuck out to me, Fix, Pirelli, Delgado, Tomasello, Piccinini, Rivera, Gilman, and Arujao. Um, well, can I just add a little note? Just, just, just sure. Not, not, I know you want to keep this incredibly professional. Can I just give a little shout out to the two Oklahoma high school coaches that have entered? <laughs> yeah. So it's Patterson, and who's the other one? Uh, Gunner Woodburn. Gunner wrestled for me at Oklahoma State, then went up and wrestled for our branch up in uh, Wyoming, and he's a high school coach here uh, in Green Country in the Tulsa area. And uh, he's entered the tournament. So, okay. so I think first, before we get into all the seeds, let's just give a shout-out to these two high school coaches, Jared Patterson of Sand Springs and Gunnar Woodburn. Um, you know, uh, Jared obviously, you know, a Sooner and, you know, actually was at the RTC when I first got there as a club member, um, took, took the job at Sand Springs, which we all know is where Dayton Fix is from, and, and uh, took that job and, and took that program over uh, this last year. And they decided to wrestle, and I, I just – as an Oklahoman and, and, uh, you know, somebody's for development state, I just think it's awesome. You know, I just, I'm just like, you know, I haven't talked to those guys about it, but, but, uh, I know Jared's in there training with that team big out of Sand Springs and those kids are, you know, wrestling alongside a guy training to go to the U S open. So win, lose or draw, I think it's pretty cool. Um, definitely a, a, a lo- it's a local story for a local paper here, you know, in Tulsa to pick up, uh, we got two high school coaches. So I hope, uh, you know, I know John Klein retired from the Tulsa world, but, uh, man, I sure hope somebody picks that story up. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, and I wanted to reiterate, too, Cody Bickley is as good as it gets, just to say that real quick. Love Cody Bickley. Shout out to him. So, yeah, yeah. So, big name. So, anyways, nothing about the high school coaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to give Go those ahead. guys love, though. It's a good deal. So, all right, no, so. It's, I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool. Yeah. So, um. To me, like if you if you were sort of seeding this thing, like Gilman's the one, uh, Fix is the two, you know, and then I don't really know who's the rest of these guys, and and there's no Spencer Lee. So when you think about this, what 
you know, what are your what are your thoughts? You know, you have obviously coached either with or against almost all of these guys. You know, maybe give us who you think might be, you know, just I don't want to ask you for predictions per se, but just guys you think could do well and maybe like a dark horse or how do you see this going? Oh, I, you know, I, I want to be careful. I don't want to, you know, give my, give my thoughts away because they, they are, they do need to be applied at the seating meeting. Um, so maybe not take it in that direction, but I'll, but I'll cut it from this angle. Um, a lot of pedigree, you know, you go, you got six, a world junior world champion and, you know, Pirelli who has been in the game a long time. He actually, yeah, was with us at Oklahoma state when I was there and, right. and, uh, tra- trains hard, pretty dedicated athlete. I mean, you know, you go to a guy like Delgado, two-time NCAA champion. You go to a guy like Tomasello, obviously been on the scene for, you know, a long time. And um, then you throw in the college guys. You know, you got Piccinini and Rivera and, 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 and Arugiao. We know his pedigree. I mean, I'd imagine he'd come to scrap, you know. And then, uh, uh, you know, you just, you know, obviously Gilman's sitting at the top. But you just look at it overall and go, I can see this thing going a lot of different ways with uh you know with your with your nod ultimately being to the people who have been there done that you know and whether you want to make that two people three people four people you know whatever the case uh uh you know you know what one the one thing that's proven is uh you know once people do something they they usually are pretty close to doing it again if they're in the right environment so yeah right so let's lay this out whoever wins the u.s open because, okay, let's start with Thomas Gilman took fifth at the World Championship, so he did not sit in Final X. That's one of the reasons I'm assuming he's wrestling in this. Mm-hmm. The U.S. Open, they sit to the final world team trials. Is that correct? Hey, Dave, I'm sorry, but I, I, I unfortunately caught about half of what you said there. Sure. I said, if, if whoever wins the U.S. Open, do they sit to the to the finals of the world team trials, or are they just the number one seed at the world team trials? That's my understanding as they sit. Okay. So, you know, these guys are trying to get here. Then I know then the world team trials, this thins out. It's like the top seven plus a couple of other, you know, like Dave uh-huh. and stuff like that. So the herd is going to get thin here. To me, a guy that's really interesting is a guy like Delgado, whose style seems like it'd be perfect for freestyle, you know, really good at getting the legs you know, long, low stance, you know, probably hard to get to his legs, you know, was never a turner collegiately, but, you know, obviously that doesn't matter now. And I, I got a chance to visit with Poeta and Medlin, and they say he's, he's you know, as healthy as he's been in a long time. So I think he's a wild card, and people are kind of looking out for that. I, you know, and I'm in a different position. I can comment differently than you can, obviously. So um, – I won't ask you for predictions, but I think it's a super entertaining weight, especially with a bunch of these guys like uh, Rivera, Rujao, Pitch, a couple of those other guys coming right off the college season. So, and fix them. Mm-hmm. All right, 61. Let's, let's run through the names here. Alan Waters, Tony Ramos, Ben Whitford, Casey Cobb, Cody Brewer, Corey Clark, Earl Hall, Ernesto Garcia, Johnny DeJulius, who will probably perish again, uh, Jonathan Casiani, Linear Vinning, Nico McLutis, Robert Rem, Roy Galvin, Shelton Mack, Tyler Graff. I just want to say this is an interesting weight class. Megalutis is not the hardest name to pronounce. So the guys that I had highlighted were Waters, Ramos, Whitford, Brewer, Clark, Nico. 
Uh, and, you know, and the, the only one was Tyler Graff. I haven't seen Tyler wrestle in a long time. But he was a guy that was, you know, with the top, near the top at the World Team Trials a couple times and the Olympic Trials. What, what sticks out to you here? This is a way where obviously Joe Colon is sitting in final round. Right. I'm just kind of looking at what things you're saying here. So, and I apologize. I guess I don't, was there a question there? And I think it's just maybe our connection just a little bit. I caught just something about Cologne there at the very end. I said Joe Cologne's sitting in Final X. So these guys are now just wrestling for the number one seed at the World Team Trials. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, they'll, they'll, sit in, they'll sit there, but whoever wins that still has to go through Cologne. And that's where this gets confusing. You know, we have six weights one way and four weights another way. So I'll kick it off. I just saw Waters wrestle Cologne about at the Missouri Border Brawl, and that was a great match. It was 17. Waters was up five. Cologne came back, scored seven points. Waters scored two and then almost scored again. Which is, you know, a lot of these guys are, are coaching as well. Like Waters is coaching, Ramos is coaching, Brewer is coaching. Um, you know, who kind of starts you as in maybe an interesting name or just somebody you're you're going to be like, wow, I want to see how that guy does. Right. So, you know, what only thing that caught me when I looked at this was how small the weight was. Yeah. You know, just kind of small. Um, 17. I, 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 yeah, I thought, I thought maybe a, a few more college guys. Um, you know, um, but it's not the case, you know, which is neither here nor there or really an issue. So, um, you know, I think, uh, I think we need to, uh, you know, just kind of be aware of what they've done in the past. I, I, I don't have a lot to say on this weight other than, you know, I mean, just, you know, Ben Whitford's kind of come out of nowhere lately and I probably wouldn't underestimate him. Um, you know, we know Clark's in a good training situation, and, you know, and, and, you know, Brewer's always pretty tough, and we know Waters is tough. I mean, I just, I, I kind of, you know, excited to see it. I'm kind of excited to, to see the way that shakes out, just because I think um, there's a lot of parity there, you know. So, um, just small. I thought it was a little bit small. It kind of surprised me, you know. Um, I guess, uh, you know, some of these things aren't due to the 22nd. So, I mean, there, there's more time for entries. We'll see what happens. Right. Yeah, I think the most notable absence is Nashon Garrett. I don't know if he's still recovering from injury, but he was a guy that obviously beat Cologne and was on the world team last year, got injured, and then Cologne stepped in. And, and that's a great example of a guy staying ready, too. And then, you know, wrestling an amazing tournament and, you know, meddling in his first world championship. So super impressive. All right. Mm -hmm. Juicy, juicy, juicy weight here. <laughs> when you agree, this is the way I wanted to talk about. I'm excited. Here we go. 65 kilos. Benjamin Forsman, BJ Futrell, Blake McNall, Brandon Wright, Bryce Meredith, Caleb Balaton, Chase Farr, Crystal Loza, Cody Trebus, David Kerr, Dean Heil, Denton Spencer, Dom Demas, Evan Henderson, Frank Molinaro, Jaden Ironman, J.D. Hawkins, Jesse Vasquez, Joey McKenna, Joey Laser, Jordan Oliver, Jordan Humphrey, Joseph Castellino, Josh Brown, Josh Feinsilver, Josh Jebba, Caden Gefeller, Kanan Store, 
Marshall Kelly, Glass in the Plast, Montel Marion, Nick Daines, Patrick Darcy, Sidney Bucksock, Robbie Mathers, Tristan Moran, Yanni D, Zach Sherman. Let, let's start with this. You've got a bunch of guys in this way. Heil, Demas, Molinaro, J.O. was your, your A1 from day one. Tell me, tell me just emotionally, like, how this weight sets with you. I probably, you know, I, I want to talk about it, but at the same time, I probably need a reserve comment. I've got three guys currently in it, and like you said, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, Jordan's Jordan's my guy. There's no secret there, you know. Um, you know, he's, he's that's, I don't know what you say, a one from day one. Yeah, and that, you know, those those don't change, you know, because you, uh, you know, you uh, you change jobs or whatever the case may be, or he changes RTCs, or you know, I mean, you know, um, but we all got a job to do, right? Yeah, you know, we all got a job to do. You know, he's got a job to do, I got a job to do. So, uh, you know, um, you know, it's not that I'm not in jails. You know, you know, uh, I don't, it's not that I don't have his back. I just, you know, just not this weekend. <laughs> right. You know, right. just not this weekend. Um, you know, and, and we, we talk quite a bit, and he knows that. You know, you know, he knows I love him, and and uh, you know that's never going to change. But uh, we all got jobs to do, so um, that's that business, right? So um, interesting way. We'll find out. You know, find out. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it how it goes. I'm pretty confident where things are at with our guys in particular, and and uh, you know, I'm not going to give too much away just because pretty invested in this weight class, and and uh, I, we'll have um, a good show. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to get strategies for round by round, but it's interesting because if I'm correct, at one point you sat in Jordan's corner when he was wrestling Molinaro. Is that correct? Two years ago, 2017, yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, you, you know, you're right. I was in George's corner coaching against Frank, but that was two years ago. <laughs> sure, yeah. I just think it's interesting, though, like the circle of life. And like you said, you'll be friends with these guys forever. When when you're a great coach and kids know you love them, that doesn't change. Uh, you know, but it is interesting. And I think the matchups here, if you're a fan and, you know, you've got – you know, say in the quarterfinals in no particular order, I'm just going through this alphabetically by first name, but Futrell, Meredith, Heil, Demas, Molinaro, Ironman, McKenna, Oliver. That's that's your that's the top eight maybe. Those matchups right. match up, that's gonna be insane. That that's right. That's popcorn viewing, must see T V, whatever you wanna call it. So Right. There's obviously some kids that are really good that, you know, could could um, upset the oh I didn't even say young so I mean yeah one of those guys isn't gonna make it so that's just crazy okay seventy kilos Alec Pantejo Anthony Colica Ashat Heblin Brandon Sorensen David Carr Demarius Terhune Smith Destin McCauley Drew Mandel Isaiah Hokett Bright Jake Keating James Green Jason Chamberlain Jordan Eli, Josh Kindig, Justin Davis, Justin DeAngelis, Kevin Jack, LeVon Mays, Max Thompson, Mike D'Angelo, Morgan Funfigur, Nathan Kolchulski, who's down, that's interesting, Ryan Deacon, Ty Liddick, Vincent Washington, Wyatt Sheets. 
pretty big weight, about 26 guys here, it looks like. Obviously, you guys have Kalika in this. Uh, Green will be the number one seed. I'm almost positive. I know you're not commenting on that. And you also have Justin D'Angelo in this. But a lot of guys with you know, big NCAA credentials. Chamberlain and Green were the final X match last year. Um, David Carr's the young buck in this thing. You know, Pantaleo's coming right off of the season. It seems like a guy with style that's really conducive to freestyle, didn't like to ride a lot. This, you know, obviously fits that MO a lot more. You know, mm -hmm. so not a weight that's as deep as like 65, but, you know, when you hear all those names, you know, besides your two guys, is there anything else that jumps off the page to you? Destin McCauley coming back. I think that's interesting. I think it's just a good story for just, you know, for our sport. You know, I remember recruiting, you know, Destin. And, um, yeah, you know, I think Alec Pantelio's tough. I mean, again, a lot of pedigree there. We all know his dad. And, you know, his dad, I, I want to say his dad was in the U.S. Open Finals a couple of times. Or I, I, I just remember being a kid and watching him wrestle at the U.S. Open. I, I thought I remember him being in the finals. You know, so, I mean, that's kind of a cool story, right? You know, I mean, there's not a lot of father-son teams out there where you got, you know, fathers and sons that have been U.S. Open participants, um, you know, and threats to place. And, you know, it's just high-level pedigree for that family. So that's, you know, very, uh, you know, um, I'm sure it's very rewarding for his father. Um, you know, you just go through it and you just recognize these names and you go, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's going to be some matches. Um Josh Kendig being at 70 kilos, I, I didn't know that. That, that, that. that caught me off guard when I saw that. I didn't recognize that's where he was going with his weight. So, you know, pretty talented, pretty pretty agile, and knows how to freestyle. We know that. He can throw. So uh, definitely uh, take that into consideration. And then, you know, just a lot of the a lot of the same old. You know, we know that uh, Deacon and, and, uh, and uh, Carr are tough. You know, again, you know, you're looking, at, you're looking at people with some pedigree. You know, you got a car in there and a and a Panaleo, and yeah. I mean, you're, you know, you know, even you know, even DeAngelis, you know, his father was multiple time All American at OU, and you, you just look through this, and you know, I think for a long time, you know, we weren't seeing those those, those generations of families going, you know, one generation after another generation of of choosing to wrestle at the senior level. And, and I think that's good for our sport. I think that's good. You know, um, you know, it's, it's creating a next generation of coaches more than likely. Um, you know, it's, it, there's, there's a lot of, uh, I just feel good about our sport when I see things like that. I think that that's good for our sport. So that's probably why it sticks out in my mind. Yeah. And I guess one more legacy would be why it cheats on a mic. Sheet, so, yeah, didn't want to forget that. Just uh, yeah. on my list here, it's, it's alphabetically done, and Wyatt, <laughs> Wyatt is at the bottom. So I just hadn't scrolled that far, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, don't want to. Sure. No, not that's not a, you know, done intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. And people have to understand we're copying this straight from the entry list, and that's how they have it done. So yeah, we, we know to not sort things by first name, but this is how they do it. So yeah. again, this is a non. This is a weight where we did not medal, uh, so this is something where, you know, the person here will get the number, will sit in the world team trials, but will, no one is set for final X yet. And I, I want to go back. This is my fault. I want to go back to 65 
Tell Logan Stieber announced yesterday he's retiring. Obviously, you have mm-hmm. you have Hunter down there. Um, I got a chance to meet Hunter and be friendly with him, you know, through you and Lou. Um, I have some relationship with Logan. Obviously, unbelievable high school career, unbelievable collegiate career, some big wins at the international national level. When you think of Logan Stieber, you know, coaching against him and, and as you know, somewhat close to him through Hunter, what are your thoughts? Well, well, one, I think I think you're right. It's just this we're doing a podcast, you know, um, and we're just talking about wrestling in general. To to not mention Logan um, when covering 165, I'm glad you circled back to that. I probably would have forgotten, um, but you 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 can't skip over a person like that, you know. Um, I saw Tom's uh, tweet, or I can't remember if it was a post or what it said, but. Uh, you know, just Tom recognizing and wanting everybody to recognize that Logan was a four-time state champ, a four-time NCAA champ, you know, a, um, led his team to a state championship, led his college to an NCAA championship, you know, as an athlete, not obviously as a coach, as an athlete, right. um, you know, and a world champ. Uh, man. Pretty so. I mean, uh. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say, uh, uh, obviously, we 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 had prior knowledge, but um, you know, uh, I guess it's kind of nice not having to worry worry about it that way, you know, um, um, you know, uh, you know. So you know, definitely, I think everybody needs to recognize what a career that was, and and uh, and competed uh, against him in opposite corner many times, Coleman with Jo and. Um, trying to think who else, you know, specifically. Um, Probably a bunch of guys at the college level. There, there might have been more, you know. Ken, yeah. Oh, Colic, I think, wrestled him a time or two. And Ken Dig, I can't remember 100%, but uh, no, you got to you, you, you recognize what a career that was. And, and uh, you know, just like Tom did, um, you know, it's a good career, you know, good, good career. And, and I'm sure he'll be a good coach. Yeah, I, for me, as a guy that's a fan and doing some media stuff, but certainly not in the know like you are, when I wrestle, he was a guy that was terrifying, I think, to opponents. Like, if you lost a takedown, you were just going to get barred up and, you know, uh-huh. and, you know, like, yeah, I saw on social media, he's got like a, a video series out and, you know, there's not too many things that I would actually invest twenty nine ninety nine in, but I, I think I'd be really interested in seeing that because... You seem to be able to do it to everybody of all types, body types, and I'm sure he's strong. I'm sure he's not like a weak human being, but it's not like he's super freaky looking. It's it's he obviously has incredible technique with that bar series. Could take guys both, ways. and I think it made him so much better on his feet because you're not you, but the generic you is like eh, I can't step the wrong way here because this takedown is going to cost me you know five or eight points, not just two points. Yeah, no, he's uh, quite the wrestler. Yeah, so congratulations to Logan Stever. Big shout out, awesome. And I think the part Tom Ryan pointed out that he led team to state and national titles is is super interesting too. And I've had Terbell Delagnev on the podcast. He spoke glowing about Logan, and I think he's going to be helping with the RTC. So that's awesome. All right, uh-huh. seventy-four kilos. Austin Crazer, Connor Keating. Dan Balamont, Dan Ownby, Denzel Hawkins, 
Dylan Briggs, Dylan Shuck, Evan Wick, Isaiah Martinez, Joey Lavalley, Logan Ray, Matthew Malcolm, Quentin Godley, Seth Seneca, Steven, which I believe is Chase Pammy, Tanner Skidgel, Tommy Gant, Tony Ropp, Trevor DeBurston. I will say this because you're not allowed to. There's, to me, there's a lack of a lot of big names here. There's Valamont. Wick is good, still in college. Obviously, Imar. Joey Lavalley was a national runner-up. Just wrestled in Border Brawl. And Chase Pammy's a guy that's had some success. But, you know, and, oh, and Tommy Gant. Obviously, Tommy Gant's done some good things. But just not a – it's an also only maybe 19 guys registered here. This is JB's way. So he's sitting to the very end, as we discussed at the top of this. I would guess that Imar is probably going to be the number one seed. You got some old school guys like Valamon and Pammy. Pammy, I think you would know better than me, but 74, is, is that not, is he not up at least one or two weight classes there? I think the last time I saw him wrestle, he might have been at 74. I, I could be wrong. I, I, I probably am. Actually, I am wrong. Um, I think last time I saw him, he was at 70. So I, I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Again, you know, I, I, try, I try to not weigh in on things that, that uh, sure. That I don't I don't know about or don't particularly concern uh, me, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, it, I'll I'll agree with you that uh, that uh, it looks like um, this weight's thinned out a little bit. I'll think uh, we have to really guess is why. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably not. But let's look at it from you know. perspective, Eric. You've talked you've used the word development so many times. Let mm -hmm. assumption for the next five minutes that Jordan Burroughs retires after 2020. Mm -hmm. This is a weight. Let's. I don't know if Dake would go down in that weight and be able to hold it and all that sort of thing. This is a weight then, obviously, where we don't have as much high-level depth as some other weights, and it's right in the middle of the curve of guys that are wrestling. I mean, we've obviously got NCAA champs at that level. Everybody knows who those guys are, and you know there are some of the guys will be coming on the scene. I would think. How important is it for us to start developing depth at this weight? I think we are. I mean, it's important. You know, I mean, the development's important at, at all weights, all levels. Um, I think we are. I, I think. I think. You know. I, I mean, you know. I, I know Isaiah Martinez is competed well, and he's competed a lot this year. So, you know, there, there's a lot of development taking place, and you know, there's normally development taking place at other weights. Um, we just aren't seeing it at this weight class you know, reflected in, the, in what weight class they're choosing this weekend. I mean, I think, you know, you take a look at a kid like Wick, and, and uh, he's doing everything he can to get better. You know, he's, he, he, he goes to everything we can. You know, maybe people don't want to put him on that level, but, you know, if, if I were his coach, you know, I'd be, I would be recognizing going, he, he's, he's, he's trying to be elite. He's doing right. everything he can to move into an elite category. Um, and that's all you can really do. You know, you just, you just, you just, you keep can't win it if you're not in it, man. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean we joke around that. We say that all the time, but it's like yeah, every time you look around, there's his name. So I mean, as as a coach, I mean, can you really do anything else other than you know help them move in that direction? And, and you know, again, you've got a, a a person that's you know comes from a family that's incredibly involved in the sport and and, and doing everything they 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 know how to you know help and assist and and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Support him in that process. And, you know, and you couple that up with a guy who's made several world teams himself and Chris Bono. And, and uh, I don't know, next thing you know, uh, 
I don't know. Maybe we'll look look up in six years, and and uh, he might be on a team. Who knows? Yeah. You, you know. Um, yeah. I just you know support from your family, from your coaches. Keep going to these high level tournaments. I mean, I don't think it's ever not paid off. <laughs> you right. know, it's never it's never it's never been a detriment, right? So, um, so I, I see development. I see development this way. Not to leave anybody out, or you sure. know, or, right. or, or things like that. I, I will say there's another Oklahoman in there, and Tanner Schedule from Casha Hall in Tulsa. Um, you know, that's what I like to see. You know, I'm just looking at this this overall list, and not to you know hijack this podcast and just talk about Oklahoma, but uh, <laughs> we knew that. You know, I'm a little bit. It's okay. What's that? I said we knew that was coming a little bit. That's your job. <laughs> so that's yeah. You know, but but I'm just looking at this thing, going, okay, all right. You know, I like I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. You know, the schedule and sheets and, you know, and Dom Demas and, you know, and you just, you know, and the wood, like I said, Woodburn and Patterson. It's <laughs> like, right. I, haven't yeah. gone, I haven't gone through it yet, but, you know, you sit there and, you know, and, you know Colica and Heil and, you know, and, and, and I, 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 I'd say Frank, but he's only been here a short time where the, the people that I'm talking about, uh, you know, those are household names here. Right. You know, you say, you say Tanner Schedule here in Green Country, people know who that is. That's right. You know, so so there's, uh, you know, I might call the Tulsa World today. <laughs> I think you should. There's some stories here. And, and first of no, all, the, you know that there there is there yeah. is you know there 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 is. So anyways, I, I I digress. No, you can't hijack it any more than me mentioning every guy that ever wrestled in border brawl. So you're still on the good side of it. So um, one of the things that I did mention that I think people may know but may not know is that the guys that won NCAA titles don't have to wrestle in this that this is that is one of the criterias for being in the world team trials so mm-hmm. Suriano I mean Yanni's already in this but etc on up the line so like you know Nolf and uh like Ash Nolf is wrestling at uh NAMs and wrestling at Beat the Streets those guys mm-hmm. And then obviously like uh, Makai Lewis, you know, at this weight. And it and it mm-hmm. because the next weight is Zahid. So let's jump right. up to seventy nine. I know we've got a, a hard stop on time for you. I think we can get through seventy nine and then we'll call it a day and maybe yeah. get on your calendar for next week. But seventy nine, Alex Daring, Chance Marstow are two guys you have nothing in common with. CJ Brucky, Daniel Curran, Jesse Diaz, Joe Smith, Josh Lopez. Matt Alejandro, Matt Feinsilver, Muhammad McBride, Nick Becker, Perez, Shabaka John, Spencer Carey, Stacey Davis, Saeed El Hussan, Travis Stefanik. You know, the names mm-hmm. to me are all guys that at one point were in the Oklahoma State room with you, Ringer, Marsteller, Joe Smith. I was a little surprised Marsteller, you know, is up, but, you know, obviously he was cutting a lot for 165. 162.8, scratch, scratch, wouldn't be fun. I think Deeringer's obviously the guy with the most international accolade so far. He's another one for day one from you. You know, besides uh-huh. those three guys, to me, there's, you know, not a ton of, like, international experience or even NCAA uh, credentials here. So, to me, it's, this weight feels really top-heavy. You know, I wouldn't ask you to do Fair to say, at some point, Ringer, Marstell, or Joe have all scrapped in the room. Together. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, just I'll just 
I'll say I'll say this because you brought Chance up. You know, one thing we haven't touched on is this two-hour weigh-in. And you know, I just know the amount of work we're putting into making sure that goes right for us. Um, maybe, 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 you know, possibly, you know, um, that was a consideration of Chance's part. You know what I mean? Sure. You know, I think you know we haven't touched on it, so maybe we do. Is that for those that that, that might not be aware? Um, it's always been uh, for a long for a long time. Okay, it, it's been the night before. We went to same day weigh in last year, um, but with an allowance on the second day. Uh, this year, all UWW events um, have gone to two hour weigh in morning of competition, both days, scratch weight on both days. Um, I was at U15s last week. It was that way there. Um, I like it. Um, I'm surprised UWW went that way. I'm kind of glad they did. Um, I think it makes things real interesting. I think, you know, for those of us that have watched college and, 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 you know, and for those that have, uh, you know, pay attention to results and you wonder sometimes what happens to individuals um, on a week-to-week basis, like, who was that guy? Well, a lot of it um, comes down to your weight. Maybe you mismanage it one week, and that's why you look like, you know, you didn't know how to wrestle in the second or third period. It's not that they're not in shape, just, you know, you, you mismanage this thing. Uh, you know, it's kind of, the, the, it, it can be a great neutralizer, you know. Um, it can also be a great neutralizer for maybe a competitor that doesn't have the same pedigree as, as their opponent, but they did everything right. Um, but there's no, there's nobody in, uh, in wrestling that's going to deny that a two hour weigh in scratch weight both days, um, you know, uh, is not going to play a factor in maybe some of the results that, that we see. So maybe that's what chance was thinking. I don't know. I'm not, I can't opine to it. So, um, but, uh, I can tell you it's on our mind. So a, a lot of work has gone into whittling down and doing weight the right way. Um, a lot of oversight, you know, um, nothing's perfect. Um, no athletes perfect, but, uh, my, my guess is the elite athletes will do it right. Um, college athletes probably have a little bit of an advantage here where they went through a whole season of this. Right. That, I was going to you know, talk to you about that is I think, the American perception, and I don't know, I can't tell if it's a topic because, you know, I didn't get the chance to wrestle. But that, hey, we make weight, we being college guys, we make weight all the time. We make scratch all the time. We make two hours all the time. This change is one of the few changes that UWW has made that seems to benefit Americans. Do, do you see it as a guy that has extensive international competition, extensive international contacts, you know, has seen everything, pretty much done everything. Do you, do you agree with that perception or is that too, too simplified? I wouldn't frame it that way. Okay. Um, I would frame it this way. Um, I, I wouldn't frame it in a, in a, in a, in an allegiance sense, like, you know, it's an advantage to America or it's an advantage to this kind you know, I'll say, you know, or whatever. It's, it's not an advantage to a geographical region. You know, what it is an advantage to is the people who are disciplined. 
I like that. You know, um, I, I don't look at it as an advantage to America, to, to, to America. You know, I think when we look at things like that, you know, it's almost, you know, it, it's almost, I think it's like, say it's like a false sense of security. Like, oh, this is, we, we've, we've done, we've done this our whole, our whole, our whole lives. Right. You know, to me, it's a false sense of security because if you don't do it now, maybe you have done it your whole life, but if you don't do it now and you don't yeah. do it the right way, then was it an advantage? You, you don't know. There could be some super disciplined guy out in Tajikistan, you know, that has been doing everything right for the last 18 months. We don't know, you know, so, um, no, I don't look at it as like, you know, in, in those terms, I, I'd frame it in the way that, uh, you know, it could be an advantage to anybody who wants to get real disciplined and do things right. Um, which, uh, which makes it real interesting because as we all know, uh, man, discipline can make up for a lot of talent. Well, it's interesting the way you said, you said that, and obviously agree. I think what's, what sticks out to me is any of us that have probably made weight more than 50 times in our life probably did it wrong at least once. And it didn't happen like, oh, well, I did it wrong when I was 12 and I never did it wrong again. You know, there's, there's guys, I mean, there's college is littered with guys that don't cut weight the right way and don't succeed at the highest level they could have because of it. And they've been making work since they were little kids. So the discipline side of it is, is super interesting. Um, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that's a better perspective because like you said, just because you've done something once right before doesn't mean you'll do it right again. And just because like you said, somebody in Cuba or, or XYZ country isn't used to this, if it's something they really want, if it's something that the money they can earn can change a life, and you've talked to me about that privately, you know, how big the incentive some of these guys have, they're probably going to cut their weight the right way, and that advantage is, is not going to be what we, what, what, based on that first perception, would necessarily be. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, I, I like I like anything that promotes discipline. This promotes discipline, not disciplined. We're probably going to see it you know, Friday morning. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure on this. So I've got six minutes left with you. So rather than try to uh, jam 86 in, uh, why don't you, is there any updates on the Oklahoma Regional Training Center? Anything going on down there that you want to plug before I let you get out of here to your next meeting? Uh, I appreciate that opportunity. You know, I did, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't just, you know, we, we didn't plan this, uh, you know, plug or whatever you want to call it here at the end. So I'm a little caught off guard about it, but I will give a little bit of an update. Um, you, you know, I think uh, the addition of Frank Molinero has been huge. Um, I think sometimes there's even, you know, uh, uh, you know, you, I've gotten the question, you know, why, why so many guys around the same weight? Well, you know, if, if, if we had one guy that was just truly, uh, and I'm talking pre-Frank, um, that was truly just a standout, you know, if we had a, a, a world champ like Jordan Burroughs or something like that, um, no, you protect that individual. Um, you know, uh, one thing I'm a big believer in, um, always have, is, you know, if you're not the man, well, then you help the man. And right now we have a bunch of guys, you know, that are trying to, to be the man. They're trying to get better. And the, and the best way to do that is to create a competitive environment. You know, um, you create a competitive environment, somebody will rise to the top. Um uh, never shied away from competition. I actually enjoy it. It's what excites me the most. I try to impart that on them. Um, you know, uh, if we get an athlete that, uh, just, you know, by chance happens to single out in a weight class, well then you do, 
but when you get a chance to put people in a competitive environment, um, it can only make them all better. So Adam Frank was 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 awesome. Uh, he's he's just he's, he creates a great dynamic in the room. He's a true professional, super disciplined. Um, so that's been exciting. Um, I can't really divulge who we have picked up another individual um, that uh, I'll probably be able to talk about here in the next month or so. Uh, and, uh, I'll just put it out there. We're looking for a big guy. So, uh, you know, we're looking for a, for an upper weight. So, uh, any, uh, any big guys, uh, you know, how to get in contact with me, you know, uh, as we know, uh, large men who wrestle, um, you know, or just, just large men, they're hard to find in the sport of wrestling. Yeah. You know, we, we, we have, we have a lot, just, a, I mean, there's a lot of other sports that benefit, uh, individuals over six foot two, six foot three, over 200 pounds. Um, there's no secret in that. We, we, we're competing with those sports in America where maybe Russia and some of those countries don't have to compete with football, professional football and collegiate football and basketball. Um, so they get a lot of those big individuals. Um, it's always going to be a struggle, you know, to find, uh, you know, uh, pedigreed athletes in the upper weights. But uh, I'd like to add one. I'd like to add one, you know, probably in the next couple of months. Um, Dom, Dom Demas will be attending. Obviously we covered that. That's exciting. I'm excited for him. Um, you know, and then we have Jake Woodley who, uh, just came up short on making a world team last year. So, you know, excited. Maybe he can make a junior world team and, and, uh, you know, we're just trying to improve wrestling around the state of Oklahoma and move in the right direction. Um, I think we are. I feel pretty confident about what we're doing and difference we're making. And, you know, I'll just say those RTC guys, man, they made a difference for Dom this year. Yeah. And going with Frank, going with me, going with Kalika. I mean, yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, you know, I mean, if, if there's any question, you know, about RTC and how it works, you know, um, I think everybody's super benefited by their athletes. And uh, obviously we know what it does for the Olympic level. I mean, we've, since the, you know, implementation of this system, you know, we've just gotten better and better and better on a world level. But sometimes we've got to stop and acknowledge what it really does for the collegiate athletes as well. Um, and I think Dom Demas is a good example of uh, getting to go with those guys on a regular basis. Um, awesome. You know, it uh, it really helped him. Really helped him. Well, it seems like I don't see you for about seven or eight months, and then I see you every month for about three or four months in the spring and summer. So we're heading into that. For those people that that this, uh, my friend. Will- That's what my wife says. <laughs> About the other the other direction though yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. um eric will be in vegas next week if there's any big guys looking for an rtc i, <laughs> yeah. I will see you there uh and i think you and me are going to have a, an announcement to make fairly soon too so that should be good um, that will be good i'm excited about that so uh in due time right yeah for sure uh all right buddy just crossed a few t's i will see you next thursday in las vegas Safe travels. Thanks so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is David Mercatani for Eric Guerrero. Thank you so much for listening. Speak to you all next week.